Back again, guys. Star Trek Picard review episode, season three, episode five. Imposters uh, with Grey Gamer and myself, Rev. Always say myself, but then if someone's just tuned in the first yeah, time, they're they're like, go. oh yeah, my, that guy, myself. Ah, uh, yeah, I know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Trev, well, maybe they'll uh, just call you Mister Trekway or something. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Maybe I'll change my name, my name via uh, default to uh, Trekway. Nice or just people, name. people just look at you and go, hey, TTW. <laughs> like uh, this hey he's, he's always got the right mug for this situation <laughs> pun intended um yes. right we're still in this merry bandwagon and we've got we're about halfway through and it 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 keeps up the high performance this season and we thought it would yeah. well gray was slightly hesitant i was like perry's basically you gray he's me so he's going to do the right thing and he has yeah, yeah. Sure. So. so far, so good. They're at that level, and, they, and the the thing that's nice about it is that every episode, uh, generally speaking, the writing has been at a at a high level, which is what it should be for Star Trek. And the one liners as um, well that'll fix plot holes and stuff. Exactly, just good writing top to bottom with very few flaws. And now they've set the bar. By the time now that they're at mid season or whatever, they've definitely set the bar up here. Oh, yeah. So now it becomes even more difficult for the writers to continue that pace and end it properly when, when it's all over. So, because, because when you're at this kind of a high, if you mess up on your writing somewhere in the next couple episodes or whatever, it doesn't just look bad. It looks really bad. Um, so yeah. And they're going to keep giving us the stuff we want. The like the the enterprise F Mm. and things like that and the little teasers and the things that make us all happy. And we can't let that cloud our judgment too much. I will be still be keeping an eye on the quality of the writing, the one-liners that I'm talking about, the, the plot holes that I like to nitpick at famously. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to see... We all have these fantasies we want to see in the series, but wouldn't you like to see somewhere towards the end you see the, the Enterprise D, the Enterprise E, the Enterprise F, and the original Enterprise 1701A all fight and blow up Vatic's ship? <laughs> Now that would be great. Oh, that, rude things would happen in my nether regions if that happened, mate. So let's, I know that, uh, that would be so good. You see all these enterprises, you know, yeah, like this. coordinate with one another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't do it, man. Probably Stop. wishful thinking. I know. Stop I know, being but... a trick. Well, hey, Terry will give, man. Pray yeah. to Terry, and Terry will provide. Um, hey, look, if Terry, if Terry even puts one of the ships out there to yeah. do that, assuming it's probably the F, um, because I'm assuming that. Most likely the other ships enterprises will see the D saucer section, mate. We will. I'm confident. Right. But I'm saying as far as a ship that's capable of maybe fighting, it would only be the F because the F is on its way to be decommissioned. The other ships, since they're already decommissioned, their weapons are probably stripped. um, And they won't be able to really fly, per se, much. Yes. Um, Yes, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, Right. Got to do that. They have to. A, li- a little bit of housekeeping, uh, get it out of the way so we can get to the good stuff nice and quick. Um, YouTube brought out podcasts. I was telling Gray about this before. Mm. So I will be keeping the same format, but I'll be making it available on podcast as well. So if you like this platform, but you, you're sick of this and you're sick of that, like face, like facial, right. facial facially, you, you, love her, that. you love her voices, <laughs> but maybe you're like, these mugs are... Then there's the podcast version on YouTube, which... Uh, I don't know how it looks to the user yet. I've only just set it up on my end, so feedback, guys, is welcome. But we are on all the podcast platforms as well, whatever you listen to uh, at the Trekway, uh, on the Twitter at the Trekway as well. Please give it a cheeky follow there. And, of course, we like thumbs up and subs below. Of course we do. Cheers, Gray. But we love comments too, what you like, what you didn't like. I like interacting with a couple of the fans. There's been some comments left, so thank you. Don't forget, Mr. Gray over here has got Gray's Green Room. 
you brought an entertainment episode um just a just couple, of days, a couple ago. days ago yeah yeah it's a good one uh you can find him and again youtube probably going to do the podcast for that as well all the usual podcasts and platforms at gray's green room and on the twitter at gray's green room as well and i'll maybe save our colleague mr nick to the end too uh right we'll kick off oh, mate we'll I, kick off by the way i just want to show you something this, this yeah. is this is nice mug and this is ugly mug <laughs> I, I, I just had it. Yeah, had yeah, that. That, that's good. I can't add anything to that or take anything away. So, yeah, okay, fair enough. Right, we're kicking off. Three, two, one. Um, this starts not chaotic like some episodes have, or like not chaotic, but fast paced. This is a bit more chilled and relaxed on the shift. They're all doing their things, dotting the uh, dotting I's, crossing the T's, um, and it looks like an easy day so far on the Bridge of the Titan. Uh, when officers mentions that uh, the, all systems will be back to full capacity within a few hours. Great. Apart from that big bloody hole in the saucer section, but hey, details. Um, and I saw then, all the little bats running around the outside yeah, of the hull. Fixing yeah, it. that's a good shout. Yeah, that's a mod. That's a thing of modern trek now, which I don't have a problem with, Gray, because it makes sense. Because it, it makes sense. You should right. be able to do the majority of your repairs away from a space dock unless it's severe, like the big bloody hole. So, you know. Uh, I like Although apparently, bots. apparently those bots fixed the hole because I didn't see it later in the episode. Oh really? Well, yeah, of course it's possible. Um, you got the raw material. Well, you've got the energy. What should they do? Energy converts into matter. Matter is a bulkhead. So yeah, you're yeah. right, man. Um, I can't remember what those little droid things are called. Let's not call them droids because that's Star Wars. That's their own franchise. Yeah, they're bots. Repair bots. Yeah, <laughs> repair bots. Um. Jack comes onto the bridge. Uh, Jack Crusher comes onto the bridge and mows everyone down with phaser. Straight away, I'm thinking something's up. It's a yeah. vision. It's one of those visions he was having before, Gray. Um, and thankfully, it is because he does wake up with a phaser in his hands. And you're yeah. like, oh. at the fan a little while and kind of do. I did. Did you notice, uh, Gray, that I think this wasn't vision time? His eyes turned red, like they, yeah. they turned red, and then it was either Vadik or Crusher. I can't remember Beverly Crusher. I think it was Vadik saying, "Jack, come home." Who did you think that was? I don't know. I, I, people, I mean, you and I are assuming that it's Vadik, but that I don't Might think we Beverly. should assume that because we don't. We don't really know. Yeah, because they're whispering. So when a female, well, yeah. any voice is whispering, it's harder to make out. Right. So, um, but yeah, so. Uh, the only thing is now we're starting to see this recurrent thing with Jack with the red and then yeah, he sees well, the red vines growing around or whatever. Yeah, and we do get to it. We, we do make a comment in that in a little while actually about that because we're not big fans. But uh, uh, Dickhead is put back in charge. I mean, sorry, uh, Captain Shaw <laughs> is put back in charge. Um, tight, uh, Riker gives him the command codes back over. Um, and then he says, great, thanks for doing that, gentlemen. Uh, Starfleet, uh, you don't need to send for Starfleet because uh, I've already sent them ahead of time and they're on their way to arrest your asses. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, he's back to being a dick, as you say, Grey, but I, well, like I'm he, saying uh, I like him because he's kind of funny now in yeah. how he does things, you know? Yeah, he definitely, he's definitely grown on all of us. I think he's really, he's, he's very good. Um the thing that was funny was when he was leaving the room, uh, he was going, now I'm going to leave the room so the rest of you can, can work on your bullshit story. <laughs> That's giving out. him a something. That's giving him a tiny, like, 10% <laughs> shred of respect there, you know, so. Right. Kind of makes that sense. That's pretty funny. Um, and they're all just going like, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the guys are, uh, so it was, it's Riker, Picard, and Seven all in the same room. And they're like, how, you know, how did... Angel getting bored. We've got like scanners and sensors and stuff in place after the Dominion War. That makes sense. You'd like to think they would after what happened before. Um, mm. And they're all a bit perplexed, so no one really knows. Um, and then there's a little conversation between Picard and Jack Crusher about trying to get him into Starfleet. Grey's mentioned here it's a little corny, but okay. He had to do the Starfleet cards, recruitment card, mate. You know, you, you know he had to do that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but I don't. I think it was a little out of place and way too early. Maybe because Jack is, yeah, Jack's, yeah, because yeah, Jack's not hearing any of this. He's he not going to hear any of this. Yeah. 
So I'm going like it just seemed out of place. I mean, wait till like episode eight or nine or whatever. So I was just yeah. kind of like, yeah, that's kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah, and it would make a probably a good officer as well if he actually played by the bloody rules. But um, I think not with them red eyes, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, with those red eyes, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone near him when those things go off. Well, I'm sure it'll come to a conclusion what the hell is going on there, but it is weird. Um, we then go back to Raffi and Worf on the last arena. And yeah, we're not a big fan of Raffi, but when Worf's there, we put up with her. Um, sure. I personally love this scene, Gray. And I'm pretty sure you did as well, because yeah. um, Worf goes from just good, usual bat left fighting and training, sparring pretty well, holding his end up. And then I think Raffi's getting a bit cocky. So he then just goes, it's that kind of, you've seen it in so many movies before, like The Matrix and stuff, where. It's like one arm behind the back while the other arm's just going block, 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 yawn, block, block. It's kind of like that, but as he's doing that against Rafi blocking all shots, the traditional Klingon music comes on. Da, 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 and I'm like, yes, you love this scene as well, surely, mate, yeah? And then and he's, then he's kind of shows her, like, what for? You know, like, okay, I've been messing with you now. Let's now watch this. Bam, bam, bam. And she's like, she's on the floor. She's on the floor like, chance. Oh. that's right. You don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't. If he had, if he, if, if he wasn't Worf, he would drop a mic at that point or something. Yeah. Although yeah. it would have, it would have been cool if he just took the bat left and then dropped. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. When in Rome, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, no, after the little sparring match, they are talking about trying to find out what's going on and uh, getting to Astrum uh, Station because. That's where all the experimental weapons are. That's where the portal weapon was taken from. Um, they want to find out what else was stolen, because bear in mind, we think, believe it or not, the portal weapon was not the most significant thing they took from there, which gives me the fear of God. If that's not the most powerful thing, what else have they taken? So the guys are like, let's go in. Let's, let's maybe try and see if we can break in, get past uh, the security defences and find out what else has been taken. We'll get our answers there. Um, <laughs> Ray knows Raffi's still about a the... bit cringy though. Why? Yeah, just because she's Raffi. <laughs> I mean, I, I, by default, again, I would cringy. I, it's I don't know whether this was a concession of some kind, but I, I I've said it before. I'll say it again. She wasn't necessary. They could have brought back any any other character from TNG or one of the other shows that would have maybe made more sense. But she was really unnecessary. Yeah, so, I don't know why she Is she as so bad crazy. as she was in season one and two? No, she's not as bad as she was in one and two. I, I, fine. But that's only because the rest of the cast is really lifting her up. Yeah, she, so she's, it's, it, she's a bit much in this, Grey. Because yeah. she's, she's very gung-ho, isn't she? She's very, yeah, oh, she's, it's, I'll it's, kick ass and worse like, chill, be at one with your inner self and we'll, we'll do it. My way, but she's right. like, nah, I want to. She's like the Hulk of Star Trek. She just want to smash. It's too, it's right. She's too much. She's too over the top, and she's acting over the top. And I'm just kind of like, like tone it down. <laughs> you know, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, and and I'm not the only one. Not, other fans have been saying this and picking up on it. Yeah, you know, and stuff. It's not enough to hurt. You know, hurt the ser- series. Luckily, but it would give the series a just little extra whatever. If it had been someone else, look, they've been bringing back different people, and we'll we're going to mention it in a second from various shows and whatever, uh, whether they just name drop or somebody actually appears. Yeah. So you mean to tell me there's not a single mm, security related type officer that they could have found that they could have brought back or or even made up a new character? Please, well, you know they're the only ones that were alive after the last time. I was thinking why Hargrave when you said that, and I'm thinking Girati's now Borg. Uh, the, God, that would have been worse. She's the only one that I that would have been worse than Rafi. Uh, the the uh, Spanish boy, I've forgotten his name. The captain boy, he uh, I forgot his name. Yeah, he's uh, he's dead. Went back in time and is now passed away from old age. Um, that pretty much leaves the three that were remaining. That's why they came back. I think I've just answered a question. Um, they remained seven. Rafi and Picard. They come back. Which... Right, but they would. But there was no, in my mind, there was no need to even go back to anybody in season one and two. Our go Picard. back to TNG. Go back to TNG and or, you know, whatever other series, and pull somebody from there. I agree with you. you man. 
I mean, but whatever, we have to put up with ourselves. I, I agree with you. I think they just wanted to keep some identity to the Picard show because it is the Picard show, yeah. despite it being heavily no. TNG. No. I agree with absolutely. you, man. I absolutely don't want any any resemblance to anything that came before season three. <laughs> like, no. Right, okay, okay, okay. Especially, um, especially the, the, that he's an android. He's what now? I've, I've forgotten that. Great. The, the Picard's really, I know, exactly. Just, uh, <laughs> please don't talk about it. So, <laughs> moving on, the uh, the ship that can't, I mean, you say Starfleet's coming. I, in my head, thought more than one ship. I don't know why. It's not practical. Yeah, what, I kind of thought too. Two, three ships in case, you know, like, yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's to rest Picard, so maybe they don't need more than one. And as we find out, everything's not what it seems. So, more than one ship definitely should have been uh, sent. But anyway, it's Frontier Day, then maybe. Titan resources. So the the USS Intrepid turns up now. I didn't catch its um, class of ship, Gray. I was too I think the, focused I on think the story. I could be wrong. I think the class of ship is Intrepid. Is it? So I the think USS I'm namesake not, itself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Someone comment below if it's not Intrepid class. In fact, no, it's not. The Voyager's Intrepid class, numpty. Yeah, but this is a little further in the future, so. And and the new voyage uh, is going to be not intrepid class, or it's going to be, or no wait, uh, class did they say it was going to be. I don't know. We digress. But yeah, it, I mean, the ship almost—I thought it was almost another Neo Constitution. So did I? Large, very similar. Yeah, and and I kind of was. I mean, again, I'm nitpicking now. I would have sent a ship in that looked definitely different. I would have sent in a, a sovereign class, or I would have sent in something well, that yeah. looked quite different. This would look too much like the Titan. I was just like, "Come on!" It's not. Much. It's not cost saving. I don't think because Terry's spending the cash on uh, the CGI for this. So and he's there's multiple yeah. starships in this. So I don't think it's that. Um, and it could have be used that starship for later on as well. So you know, whatever. Anyway, yeah. So it is the USS Intrepid that arrives, um, and they send over a shuttlecraft of security officers, and I'm like, shuttlecraft? They're not beaming over. Okay, right. I'm sensing something's up straight off the bat. Um, a funny, funny, funny scene coming up that we both liked. Uh, they're all the turbo left. Shaw, Riker, Picard. Uh, Shaw's kind of smirking away and humming and whatnot. And then Picard, so would you not please? And he's like, "Yeah, you're going to get your asses handed to you, aren't you?" Uh, and Riker mentions, "You know, we've saved the galaxy just more than a few times. You know, come on, give us a break." And Shaw's like, nah, I think instead they might remember that one time you hot-dropped the saucer section of the Enterprise D on the planet, etc. And he mentions a few other different things, Gray, doesn't he? Yeah, and I'm just naming by episodes. And like, mm. Shaw, do a mic drop and just walk out the, the, the turbo lift, man. That was epic, wasn't it? I tell you, uh, the actor's name is Todd Stashwick, and this guy plays Shaw so well. I mean, I, I, I swear, I'm, I'm getting to like him so more and more. I'd almost want to see his own series. <laughs> That's how good he's doing. And I think, and a lot of fans are picking up on it. He's, he's definitely. What would you call it if he had his own series, like Star Trek: The Adventures of a Dickhead or something? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Star Dick or something. <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rename it. Rename his ship. You know, the, the ship. Couple... The U, 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 USS Dipshit. USS Dipshit, because <laughs> that was the comment from the last co- the episode we've done yet. Um, yeah, Gray does mention another well-written scene, and let's say we're a big fan of Todd. In the interview yep. that Jerry Ryan done with Todd, I saw, I think I might have even sent this on to Gray, uh, Jerry's talking about, he says, you'll love this guy. Wait till you get in. It was a pleasure working with him. He's a, he absolutely kills it. He's right. She's right. Yeah. He did. Um, By the way, I just, just temporarily, I wanted, mm-hmm. I looked up really fast. The USS Intrepid is—I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right—is a Duderstadt class. A what starship. now? Don't ask me. It's D U D E R S T A D T. Sprachet, Deutsch, Grey. It sounds like right. It sounds like a German word. Duderstadt class starship. So didn't even know there was that. But Holy hey, you moly, know, there we go. People know Boys this. Anyone that's German, like the other, yeah. anyone that's German below, please comment uh, if that's we killed it or not. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sounds like bloody well, a sausage or something. Um, if we did, lose, you know, mess it up. We're sorry, but hey. I am going to let Gray exclusively cover the next scene, in the next part, because we were both amazed by this. But Gray more so than usual because he interviewed this lady before, and mm-hmm. I think he had the hots for her. Never get clear answers. <laughs> Mrs. Gray's not listening. It's fine. Shh. 
Uh, and what I'll do at the end of this you video, will be actually, now. <laughs> the end of this video, I am going to, you know, the cards at the end, Gray, where you can click on previous videos and uh, I'm going to put in yeah. the video of the, this a a a actress uh, so you can watch Gray's interview with her. Gray, what happens next, my man? Well, this, this was something I wasn't expecting at all. And when mm -hmm. I saw this happen, I was like hooting and hollering because it was great. So all of a sudden, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking, oh, I'm going, nah, that's not her. Is that her? And she comes in and says, hi, I'm Commander Rolo. And, and you see, what was it, Picard, I think, just go, Ro? And I'm going, nah. And then all of a sudden, I see her, and I go, like, holy crap, it is Michelle Forbes. Yeah. Back as Ro Lauren, which was just totally brilliant, because she was only in so many episodes. And the episodes that she was in were, was, were great. And I think I told the story on a previous show that uh, we did on Trekway about the fact that she was going to where all the plans were that they wanted to involve her uh, much, much more. Yeah. And basically she wanted to, to head in a different direction for her career. And she did really very well in her career. Yep. So that was a personal choice and that was fine. So I didn't really think they would ever bring her back, but it's just like, holy moly. And then when they brought her back, it was great because they were tying up loose ends that happened in the previous episodes that we didn't, we didn't hear about. Yep. And obvious, obviously, you know, she was very close to Picard and stuff like that. So all of a sudden we're seeing all that happening and I'm going like, yeah, this is great. I wasn't expecting that at all. So hats off to Terry because another great little, you know, drop and all of a sudden she's back and I'm like, yes, I can't believe this is just so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I could I could say I knew it all the time and that's why we put the Michelle Forbes interview. But of course, I'd be lying. Yeah, yeah, great. Taking credit. <laughs> which, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was equally amazed as well. Um, now, listen, uh, I've tried to convince Gray to do this, and I'm going to probably keep at him until he watches it. I recognize her more from somewhere else, not so much TNG, um, as Admiral Kane on the more modern version of Battlestar Galactica. She absolutely kills it. She's like Shaw, but more badass. She is the Admiral of the Pegasus, which is more advanced than the, the, the Galactica. Right. Takes over charge of the whole thing, but she's a she's she's almost judge, jury, and executioner all in one, and she's a proper badass. And um, and I love gritty dark sci fi like that, like Stargate Universe. Uh, so gray like Stargate Universe, get bloody Battlestar, watch the more modern version, mate. I guarantee you, if, if you don't like it, I'll fly over to Florida and buy you a pint, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyhow, well, that'll be that'll be another story. We can talk on another show, that, but yeah, that certainly will be. Um, so this so pleasant surprise. So that was like great. Yeah, we're glad to have her back and tie up the loose ends as well. That's important. You know, this mm -hmm. is what Terry's doing. He is. It's a farewell. So he's tying up any loose ends we've got with the TNG guys, and it was a big deal back then. So yeah, good to see. Um, while this is happening, um, Seven uh, hides Jack on the request of a card. By putting them in plain sight, I was like, "What the hell is this? Is this a? Is this going to be a onesie yeah. or a onesie or a pajamas or what, what is this? Starfleet uniform?" <laughs> but they recognised yeah. the face, so I was like, I, "I don't know if this is going to work." And everyone's got the pads I, out. Greg, like, is "This him? Is this him? Yeah, see, it's." Yeah, I, I thought that. I thought that moment was a little, yeah, a little cringy there because I'm going like, mm, I don't know. But then again, I guess if you take the granted that they're all rushing over to get to get into the transporters to head over to the Intrepid, you know, you throw a, you throw a lowly cadet in with other lowly cadets, they're bound to make a mistake and they just jump on. Yeah. So it's it's okay, it's it's passable. It was a bit like you know you know I don't know, but it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. There is a lot of cringe in this for Gray. He's mentioned that word a few times there, so maybe that's why he didn't give it ten out of ten. Spoiler warning. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so he's he's going to play hide and seek. Um, I think actually, as Seven grabs his arm for the first time, he goes, "Aye, aye." I don't know if he thought he was in there for a moment. I would have surrendered. Resistance is futile. Gray, Jerry Ryan, right. even in the fifties, is superb. Um, I don't think Gray would. Uh... Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um... Yeah, yeah, moving on. <laughs> uh, they are they're they're next in um, the sickbay with I can't remember, the actual doctor of that ship in, in, in Beverly and that other doctor's just sitting there like the cadet, like standing there like a cadet while Beverly schools it, tells it how it is, 
she's the boss, she's the experienced <laughs> one, and they're basically like, this looks exactly the same. This changeling I've got looks exactly the same as as a, as a normal uh, humanoid. Right. You know? Cuts the skin, there's blood there and all that, and then it's only when they get into the organs and start, the organs are all the same, that they can't do this, changelings. Copy the outside, you know? Um, cut into the organs and then after a few seconds they start dissolving then into the liquid state and only then you know what's what that's why they were fooling uh, the sensors so I need to come up with new bloody sensors um, and as Gray mentions here it's a partly an evolution now how could it be an evolution I'm not saying you're wrong but how could it be an evolution if you know the Dominion, Dominion War is not that long beforehand so right. Yeah, it's only a matter of maybe thirty years tops. So I think it's genetics. Wonder, like, how... I think it's genetics. Do you think they might be? Just I, I, I was thinking. Something? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking somehow they, they, they managed to do that. But I mean, evolution is not such a bad thing either because they've been evoluting ever since. Um, but of course, and of course, the evolution could have just been the fact that they never really, what would you call it? Maybe they never really tried hard enough to to. To come up with a a better way to imitate a human, and maybe there's only certain select members. Apparently, there is anyway of of this faction that can even do it. So, but I thought it was cool. I mean, I I went along with the explanation. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure I would have said evolution, but it's okay. I mean, again, it's, it's not not worth getting bananas about. It's a little nitpick, no, 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 it's... certainly not. I mean, we nitpick. We don't right. go nuts about these things um, right. here on the trip with. Um, I love the fact that the changelings are the big bad here. I was hoping to come back at oh, yeah. some point. That it's just the ideal big bad, um, and it's all linked down to them. Now, uh, in Star Trek Enterprise, because you didn't watch much of it, Gray, there's a species mm-hmm. called the Suluban who can cloak themselves, can literally go under doors. They're like the most flexible, bendy, mimicking species I've ever seen in Star Trek, actually. And I'm thinking they've taken a leaf from our page from their book, uh, but you never got that far, Grace. I'll mm. move on. Um, now, after this, uh, Picard and Roe are having Roland are having a bit of a heart to heart. When I say heart to heart, a bit of a ding dong. The heart to heart comes later. The ding dong first, uh, calling each other out and having a bit of a go, and you know Picard's got his suspicions. His suspicions. Um, He's he's like, what's going on? Like, are you who you say you are? Like, you're not wearing your Bajoran E ring, and the one that you know that Kira wears, uh, and they all wear it. It's yeah, like it's a religious artifact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Wolf always wears that uh, Klingon sash thing as well. They're allowed. Uh, in fact, the card does mention at one point at that stage in Star Trek, you weren't actually allowed to wear specifically that piece. But he allowed it because of her faith, which I liked. And I'm thankfully Star, Starfleet and the Federation have evolved to accept these things by, right. by default. So um I was a I was a fan uh, of that um place there we go. Um now at this stage, Gray admit it, uh you've got suspicions that she is a changeling at this stage, yes? Initially at Yeah, least. I mean since since they can take on anybody, you start wondering now, well, you know, the Intrepid pulls up all of a sudden. Uh, they decide to take a shuttlecraft over instead of transporting, which was odd. Um, and then you see Roe get off with a couple of security guys behind her. I'm like, eh, someone's a changeling somewhere. Yeah, and somewhere. of course, you, you, you don't know what to suspect. So I was hoping that it wasn't Roe. But at this point, as we're watching the show, we, we don't know for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you really don't know at this stage. Um, you you uh, see Picard. Uh, I might be jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but I don't care. You see Picard at one point speak to Beverly, uh, and there's a there's a comment uh, about yeah, he's looking at the screen coming in. Yeah, and he goes up to the screen, doesn't he, to read it, and that's where Beverly's saying they can mimic humanoids down to like blood and whatnot they are the real deal when you could see them go everything okay mm-hmm. and that's just yeah, it's all good. <laughs> he's like yeah she could like i just read life. this but it's all good yeah you could kill me <laughs> now and yeah it's all good um 
around about this time as well, Jack's having more visions of him killing the crew. It gets a bit nuts at this stage, Grey, doesn't it? Like, yeah. he's getting... When you see these visions, right, it's not very Star Trek-esque. You see these visions, you know. I'm thinking yeah. there's too many of these visions here. Were you thinking that? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like he's on a bad acid trip. I mean, it keeps these things keep popping up, and he keeps on seeing the, the oh. red, and he keeps on seeing the vines, and and then he yeah. sees the vines growing on people's faces and stuff. And obviously, there's something to it. Um, do I think they maybe are overdoing these scenes a little bit? Yeah, I think so. They 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 could have toned down some of these scenes or not showed as many. Uh, but uh, okay, I'll, again, it's a little bit of a nitpick, and we're granting it. But there's something weird going on with this red thing and why does he see the red things why does he like have all these dreams and why does he see all these crawly red things that have been going on for two or three episodes now why does he see dead Obviously, people he's that kid from yeah that, that's that, it, right that movie that one so it starts stars. adding up after a while like all right i think something's wrong with him <laughs> <laughs> so, the guy's been on the drugs man um well, look, his mom's a doctor. He's got, you know, he can get any kind of drugs he wants. That is true. That is true. And she has good drugs because Shaw had the good drugs after That's the right, operation. Yeah. So um, at this stage, Roe and Picard, after a little ding-dong, go to see uh, Dead Changeling. Um, Roe actually goes out um, laser on Picard. Um, they actually drags him into a holodeck. And we're thinking, what the hell is going on here? Um, yeah. And he's got the phaser on him. He's like, okay. And the hollow, it's the same hollow suite. It's the uh, in forward bar again. Makes sense to reuse that set again, you know. Um, he asks, Picard asks, you know, like, got anything to drink? There's some music. And he puts a tune on. That distracts her for a moment. Then he whips out a phaser. I'm like, wow. John Luke, man, you've still got the reflexes, my man. And he <laughs> mentions whose phaser is it? Guinan's. Guinan's phaser. That she keeps under the bar. I guess the holodeck is pretty accurate, right? Down to the phaser. Yep. Yeah. Which, you know, but, uh, which is okay. Uh, the thing that was kind of interesting was as he was reaching under there, you saw a real quick scene of him flipping off the safety protocols. He goes, I missed Blink. that great. Did you see that? Really? Was that a thing? Yeah, he, it was right a little screen. He goes, tink, and it goes, safety protocols off. Um, which I thought was kind, of, was kind of cool, but it was a little too easy. I mean, right behind the bar, the safety protocols are there. I mean, okay, but, you know, again, a little but bit. Why big. is he turning them off with express? Thing because he him? wouldn't be able to... Yes, he wouldn't be able to kill. But, but she wouldn't be able to kill him. Surely she knows that. She she would be able to kill him because she carried in a real phaser. He ah, though is using holographic a holographic phaser. created phaser, right. which and the safety protocols are off. So now he can kill her if he has to. I tell you, Picard can work in a in a, in a jiffy if he wants to. I remember. Oh look, it, if it would if it was the old writers, they wouldn't have said anything. But the good writers had said, hey, someone's going to say something. How do we get around it? And you see it by him trying yeah, to safety protocol. And in Star Trek First Contact, there is the scene where Picard goes into the holodeck so that he can use the Tommy gun on the Borg. And he takes, off, he takes the safeties off and he works fast. The guy knows his stuff. Of course he knows his stuff, yeah. but under pressure he knows he his stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's still all here. So, um, yeah, so safety protocols are off. It's a bit of a Mexican standoff. Um, they little they have a little bit of a heart to heart at this stage. He mentions she isn't a changeling, um, and her and Picard share their stories of what's happened in the past, what's gone wrong. Basically, tells Picard that Starfleet is compromised at the highest level, and we're thinking, God, I'm thinking that TNG episode. My friend, uh, if he listens or watches this, Roger, um. Thought it might be the uh, remember the insect species from TNG that occupied the brain and all the admirals oh, were yeah, affected yeah. and it called Enterprise back to Earth. We thought it would maybe be that, and I thought I wouldn't be opposed to that because I genuinely loved that episode. So, uh, compromised again, yet again, Starfleet. How many times have you been compromised? Come on, guys. Well, again, it's a span of 30, 40 years, things can happen. But there's a reason for it because, again, this is a faction that hates the Starfleet with a passion. And they've had 30 years to plan this whole operation, this change. So not too, not too far-fetched, especially with what they can do. Yeah, true, man. You know, stuff. True. Um, 
now we have more of Rafi. I'm sorry, guys. Rafi and Worf um, are literally on the planet trying to find needs Vulcan brother, like not by birth, but growing up. Um, yeah. And I recognise the actor, mate. He's in other things. I recognise. Paul Rudd. Paul who? Paul Rudd. Is he's it? Paul Rudd. Uh, are you? Is that the guy that plays Is that the guy that plays Ant? He's he. Oh no, not that guy. Not Paul. Uh, oh god, I can't think of the guy's name now. But this guy, this actor though, plays mostly in comedies. Not entirely. He's he's played other things too, and he's been serious parts. But he has played in in a fair amount of comedies too. So yeah, I recognize him despite the Vulcan stuff on him. Yeah, um, and for whatever reason, he's putting on a English posh English accent instead of his American accent. I don't get that one, but yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. So uh, the this I can't remember the guy's name. I was so uninterested in who he really was. I didn't bother to try and take a note. I mean, it's it's not he's not important relevant for me, so that's why I don't know. But we'll just call him the Vulcan brother. Um, it was a high, the thing that we didn't know is he was a high level boss of a of a organized crime. Oh, he's ring. the next level up from Snead, isn't he? So yeah. yeah, yeah. And you don't see that too often with Vulcans, but you can still be logical on a bad guy. I thought, well, I thought it was very weird when I saw it. I was going like, "Is this making sense?" But then the character said that in this particular instance, it was logical to to become a part of an organized crime. There you go. Okay, can't argue with logic. Can't argue with logic, Greg. Um, the Rafi and Worf are literally ordered to fight to the death. He wants some entertainment. This this guy. Okay, here we go. Uh, little of a bit, little bit of two and four, uh, four, and then the kill shot comes in from Rafi on Worf. And of course, it's not quite what it seems, but yeah, we knew that. It. As soon as she did that, we're going like, yeah, nah. they won't kill him off. Like kill her off, but stick the knife in pretty good. And then I'm like, what the hell? And he does then say his catch line, it is a good day to die. <laughs> right. It kind of like, explains where don't don't blame yourself. I mean, da, yeah. da, da. Yeah, you don't and I'm, all, I'm seeing this. I'm going like, yeah, they're acting. Something's up. Of course up. they are. Of course they are. Um, yeah. And we're both thinking there's, there's more to the meat side. But they're jumping back to and forth quite a lot. So we don't catch up uh, with the conclusion for a few more minutes. Um, so back on the Titan. Card mentions that they should try and go to someone. Mentions a couple of names. He's like Admiral Janeway and Gray and I are both like, come on, we'd love to see a little cameo from her like we did in uh, Star well, Trek. Eleven. Here's the problem, though, and that problem. But they've already mentioned Janeway two or three times in this first five episodes. I know it's a tease. I'm one. going like, come on, you can't keep teasing this with this unless you're going to have Janeway show up. So now I'm kind of half expecting that she's going to show up somewhere. I mean, I Please hope so. Please do. Oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, and Bob Ricardo was supposed to be making an appearance rumor a while back, so... Um, and... Uh, well, I mean, anything is possible only because, again, we eventually we're still going to see... Uh, what is it? Founder, I forget the day. Founder's Day? Now, whatever they're calling oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you um, see a lot of names and, and faces. So, yeah. yeah, so you may see more than you think. You're right, mate. You're right. So... Uh, hey, wait, now I just thought of something really cool again that we probably aren't going to see. What if they go on, like, you know, and they go on the uh, 1701A that's there at the museum, and they have holographs of Captain Kirk running around, and Spock, and ooh, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, you could have, yeah, but it's not really them. That's the Never thing. happening, but hey, you know, all you got to do is just take some clips from the movies and holograph yeah. it. I'd like to actually see Shatner himself, but anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the reason, again, another line of good writing, Gray, very small, but it, it makes sense. They sure. can't get past the gatekeepers, which is an interesting terminology she uses. Basically, Janeway's PAs and EAs and whatnot and officers underneath her are the changelings, and they are stopping those kind of comms coming through to Janeway. I, I would like to think she wouldn't be compromised, but stopping these messages from getting to her, she thinks everything's hunky-dory, a small, small line gray, but it's another one that doesn't break anything. We're, we're happy with that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um Now, back again with Worf and Raffi. I should say Worf and Raffi, not Raffi and Worf. He deserves to come first. That's right, he has to come first, yeah. I apologize. Um, Worf and <laughs> Raffi. 
<laughs> Rafi went for the non-lethal uh, uh, stab um, because War comes up behind the his Vulcan brother with the old knife at the jugular, um, and it wasn't. It was a place that would injure him, but not fatally. Um, and he's like, "But I, you know, I was like testing. I was checked your heartbeat, and nothing was there." And he's like, "Basically." I'm a I'm a Klingon guru, and I can take my heartbeat down to next to nothing. So this pacifism well, is working great. Yeah, but he specifically named Kalis. The Kalos routine. He said that the, the, the technique was Kalis, and Kalis, of course, is one of the most revered Klingons. Yeah. So there's something to it, I guess. But okay. And what else cool. is it I like that. What does it mention right after what we found amusing as well? About oh, when he starts explaining about uh, everything. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I thought actually I thought that whole scene was so well written. He has the knife at the guy's throat, and then and he's sitting there, and as he's explaining how he did it, he starts talking about. And I learned the Kalis method, and he goes, because <laughs> because he, he's been stabbed, and he's going like, he says, "Well, maybe we'll talk about that later. I need some medical attention, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hurting just a little bit, guys." Um, exactly, just a little here. A small a small nitpick coming up for me, mate. Um, here we go. Okay, the Kalos me- the Kalis method. Fine, right, I get that. It seems to be anything miraculous that comes out of the Klingon Empire comes from this man, this ancestor, yeah. right? Now, this guy couldn't have been bloody God. He seems to know he's a warrior, he's a guru, he's a great marksman, good, great, 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 but he was great at everything. I'm thinking, I'm sorry, man, this guy was uh, humanoid at the end of the day. I think we give him yeah, too but- much credit in things he could do. I don't, I don't have a problem with that, and I'll tell you why. I mean, look at, without getting too religious. Don't, you know, look don't at compare them to uh, bloody God or Jesus, man. Come on. No, but I'm just saying, people like whether it's Jesus, Mahatma Gandhi, anyway, anybody that's that's that kind of a figure, their, their reputation has grown over the years and years yeah. and hundreds of years. Chinese and whispers of years. and whatnot. Right, to all kinds of things that the person never was to begin with. So, you know, we can accept that. That makes total sense. We can. can accept that, yeah. Um, now, as we're he- as we're kind of coming towards the the end part of the episode, Card is at this stage been left with a skeleton crew. Um, Rose taking most of them back over to Intrepid. She knows what she's doing. They've got a plan. She leaves the uh, card with a parting gift of her bejeweling earring, which I found really sweet personally, Gray, but it turns out there's a bit more to that than meets the eye. It was a nice emotional scene, wasn't it, between the two? Oh, yeah. That was really good. And they were like, both of them are, her especially, uh, were in tears over the whole... They made up, didn't they? They resolved their differences. Right. Right Right then and there, they kind of resolved all that. Um, So we all were were thinking it was a touching thing to give him, which it probably was in, in that instance. But as we see later... Meant even more. What so. that? Right. Um, yeah, nice emotional uh, scene between Forbes and Stewart. Loved it. Um, turns out Patrick Stewart can still act. It was just the writing season one and two that ruined them. Hard <laughs> um, tell Shaw that they uh, literally have to run. I found this a bit arrowing and a bit hairs in the back of my neck because he, he goes in and he's like, Shaw, we need to run. We need to go now. And he's like, but I'm Captain Dickhead. I decide what's happening. Right. He's still in that mode at this stage, you know? Um, yeah. And Sean tries to get him taken away by security officers. Um, but he's saying, Picard, listen, don't trust me. Trust your eyes. Look. Look at what's happening. Look, you know, uh, it's got its shields up, the, the intrepid, you know, it's 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 getting ready to fire, this kind of thing. It's in a different kind of mode. It's why would they send an over shuttlecraft, all this kind of thing? None of it sat right, um, and Rose getting in the, the shuttlecraft back with her two security officers, and the security officers plant some bomb thing on there, and then transport away immediately back to the Intrepid, and then she looks and goes, ah, damn. It comes on to the old view screen, the Titan. I'm screwed, basically, guys. You know, there's no time to dismantle it. Can't beam out. I don't have time to come back to you guys. And then she thinks she's smart here. And we see this from the, the one of the trailers we had a little while back of a cell blown up. She literally says goodbye to Picard and all that, which is kind of, a kind of emotional moment. And then she yeah. aims the shuttlecraft right at the left nacelle of the Intrepid. The, the Trefid? 
I've just made up another massive <laughs> ship here. They're intrepid. Intrepid. Um, yes. And uh, and bust it up good, man. Like, literally bust it up good. Um, this scene was, for me, more so for Grey emotional, but for me, I was a bit sad because she, what a great way to come into the series again, Grey. She makes mm. up with Picard, loose ends are tied up, they're pals again, but then, deed. Right, she has to give up her life. And I was just like, I was like almost in tears because I was going like, no, I just, I just got into the thing that she was back, Far and this back. is cool and everything. And then I see, I started to see this happening, and I'm going like, oh no, 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 exactly. Uh, but it was a great scene because for various reasons. One, you weren't expecting it. Uh, number two, they wanted you to be, to be emotionally involved in the scene, and that her death was traumatic and really meant something. Yeah, it had to be uh, meaningful. And, and, Right, exactly, and uh, and it was, and Patrick Stewart or, or Picard's reaction was, you were, really felt bad for him too because he's just got a head and hand. He was gutted. He was just completely gone on this one, yeah. and even Riker, his reaction, and, and Shaw was like, you know, not wow. knowing what's going on." That convinced Shaw, and safe to say, pretty much, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> you know. Um, so, but yeah. it was just a, it was a wonderful scene that was written really well, and and. Sometimes in some shows, uh, and not many sometimes, uh, there has to be a loss of life of a character maybe that really makes the series, you know, come home to it. Yep. Uh, I, I, a lot of times I drift back to Babylon 5, but uh, in that show, they didn't have a, any issues on knocking out a character here and I there. love that, mate. If it takes If the story calls for it, not because they did it on purpose, it was just the fact that when you're writing a show sometimes, and, and it's just coming up to the point, you know, there's no way to avoid this, so we're just going to do it, and they just do it. That takes some some cojones, as they say, and just you know, there yeah. you go. And I think that's I think that's what this was. I'm sure everybody out there felt the same way. They're all like all excited that Rose back, and this is great. We didn't see it coming, and they and all of a sudden, bam, gone. So, yeah. uh, but in, but that's what you have to do sometimes. So it was a gallant death, and you know, there are it some worked. shows out there that do kill off people and they don't care about i can't think of when it comes to mind i, I did have one yeah. in the back of my mind that would kill off people willy-nilly and they didn't care and it took balls ah game of thrones is a good example they didn't care yeah. you want a main guy yeah well he's gone game, game of thrones all you had to do is watch the one episode of the uh the uh, what was it the red wedding and they killed oh, off quarter of the man. cast quarter of the cast gone man dead and that took some bonus right there oh, yeah. it's like half the what wait what's going on here and they're like all dead i loved it though um, as long yeah, as it's meaningful, we don't mind. Um, and they don't do it too often. So, yep. at this stage here, I kind of got it slightly back to front. Now, at this stage, Intrepid raises its shields and arms its weapons because it's just had a cell taken out. It's not powerless. It just can't go to warp immediately. Probably not for a good while, actually, because it was pretty bust up, this new cell. Um, yeah, and its maneuverability isn't super, but it's enough to pull itself up to well, shoot. That's the thing. It's impulse engines and thrusters will take care of all of that. So literally, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 warp, the warp has been taken out. Everything else you would think in theory is still good. And I love this. Great. I wanted to talk, touch about this for a moment. Terry Metalis has given us all the visual porn, the starships and the CGI. He's given us the audio track porn with the little musical nods from TNG and uh, the movies and whatnot, right? When you see certain starships, including the Shrike with the big, the big trumpet or you know, kind of yeah. the, the the sound effect, the score is really effective. The same thing happens with Intrepid here. It tries to make yeah. itself badder. The stars behind it, it kind of raises itself up. It looks bigger. It's probably not much bigger. It looks a good. It, bit it bigger. is bigger. Oh, it's it is bigger. bigger, right? Okay, but it, even though it's physically bigger, it looks bigger even still. The way the shot mm-hmm. is, because the shot is of as if someone's on the bridge of uh, outside the bridge of the Titan, looking onto it, and it just raises itself up as if it was lifting itself up off the floor, um, and then you see the, the when it, when the cells hit, the lights are kind of blinking on and off, which makes sense to me, uh, but then the lights stabilize, uh, the other warp in the cell stabilizes, the power seems to stabilize in general, and then you see you know the shields go up. The, the weapons are armed, the glow of... Uh, you, this is weird. You see this yeah. a lot on uh, Klingon Birds of Prey when they're getting ready to fire. Like, you can tell an hour before it's about to fire because it's like, 
Oh, that big boy oh, thing. We'll go for a cup of tea yeah. and come back. It's fine. It'll be a well. It's obvious it's about to fire. You don't see that with Starfleet ships, but the I don't mind that little small thing, Gray, because it added to it. And you see the, the pedo tube light up red, and you're thinking this thing's screaming at your face like Shaw. Let's get the hell out of here. The little sound like, effects. Go, man, go. <laughs> I, I, did you enjoy that scene? I thoroughly enjoyed. Oh yeah, that no, I thought it was. I thought it was sound great as well. And gave you all the proper. Uh, uh, uh you know, emotion and, and that like, oh my God, we better like hit the button and fly out of here like real fast. Yeah. But it was just enough because you could see it was, even though you knew it was going to fire, it was kind of straining to get up and straining to get everything ready to fire. So it was kind of like, we're going to fire on you. Maybe not as fast as we think, but we're we're going to do it. Yeah. You they, know, got and, warnings. And while... they got a warning or two. Which... Right. Exactly. Because they need Jack alive. Their, uh... Exactly. But, but, they didn't care anymore at this point, the, the way it was going. And then all of a sudden, you know, Shaw's just finally, you know, taking his you-know-what out of his you-know-what. <laughs> his, his finger out of his you-know-what. And he just, oh, I guess he better hit it then. Finger out his ass. Uh, we can see yes. that, Gray. Um, okay. Yeah, so literally this is about to fire. It does fire a couple of torpedoes off. But then Shaw comes to his senses, like Gray says, and like, okay, I believe what I see a fellow starship's about to shoot me. Let's get out here. And he goes, get us out of here, LaForge, now. And literally, as the torpedoes almost hit it, it jumps to warp. Uh, right. And I'm thinking, that is a great scene. Yeah, it was great. You see the, see it going, and you're wondering, and all of a sudden you see it warp out, and you see the, yes, the yeah. torpedoes just have nowhere to go. And those torpedoes will keep going for a good long while. Yeah. Um, the, the, the end of the scene, or the continuation of uh, the next scene, uh, we have uh, Jack now going into one of those kind of trans state things again. Um, and he's taken out, this is really him this time. This is not like a dream scene. He just right. like clicks red eyes kind of thing again. And he takes out, is it like three, four uh, officers who we assume are changelings at this stage? In fact, they were, weren't yep. they, uh, All of them were changelings. Beverly makes Something a just clicked, something took him over, and he just like, move like lightning and take these four guys out. And Beverly mentions later on, like, how did you manage to take out, you know, these kind of guys? And he's oh, like... Oh, she knows, yeah. Yeah, but exactly. we, get, we, we, get, we certainly get to that in the last part. But yeah, um, Gray's a bit fed up with this, he notes here. But bear in mind, this wasn't him visualizing all the vines and stuff. He well, wait, no, no, let snap me, and go ham. Let me come back on that, because I had mentioned before that I was tired of it. I wasn't tired of this scene. That was oh, fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just getting a little bit... Because well, afterwards there was more vines and stuff, wasn't there? He does have another flashback right. where it goes really, really bad this time, doesn't it? Yeah, and I don't. And again, I don't mind some of that. I just think they overdid it. In other words, instead of having like four or five of these scenes, you need two or three would have been fine. Yeah, you know, you get the idea. You get the idea, you know, yeah. and stuff. But that's again nitpick. But whatever, you know. But this was really cool because you know you you weren't expecting him to just snap or go into this weirdo trance or whatever and take yeah. him out. Obviously, now you you tell me we're kind of just guesstimating on what's going to be going on. But if he's taking them all out, and it's not a changeling thing because we thought it was a changeling thing originally, or that's what we're led to believe. Yep, yep. Yet he took out all the changelings. So there's something. There's either another. There's either another big bad out there that doesn't like Starfleet or the changelings, or the big bads just get control of him somehow. Yeah, or or it's or it's maybe uh, some kind of whatever that hates the changelings more than Starfleet does. I'm not really sure, but obviously it works totally in Starfleet's favor. Now, why would that whatever it was take over Jack and destroy the changelings if their main mission was to mess uh, up Starfleet? Well, so, and I think it's because somebody somewhere along the line messed with Jack, obviously. And have him working in the proper way when a changeling's around, I guess. We, we, we don't see, know yet. We're we gonna see, we've seen that in uh, Lord Dex, where uh, I can't remember his name. The engineer boy uh, had been, I was going to say fiddled with, but that sounds inappropriate. He'd been tinkered with the little right, sensor. The cybernetic. That, yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's maybe yeah. something like this, to be fair. I had an idea, mm -hmm. though, Gray, that... Remember the little thing that comes out of Vadic's arm, which was, I still to this day find yeah. that weird yeah. as hell. That is the big, big bad, I think. And the changelings work for him. Um, and how the tables have been turned, it's very much the Gem Hadar were working under the changelings. The changelings might very well be working under someone else now. So 
tables have changed, well, and this could be something else completely. The only other thing I could think of, although it doesn't quite make sense, is the fact that since they want Jack, and the changelings were going to kill Jack, then all of a sudden click, and Jack saves himself. You know, it's almost as if they they created or semi created Jack to do something, and they messed up, and that's why they want Jack back because Jack's not is a loose cannon that they weren't thinking about or weren't planning. Yeah, and so it's kind of like real Jack is. And, you, is and that's why the Titan wasn't blown up because they want right. him back. So Jack, whether he knows it or not, may be utilizing his human side together with this weird red side, whatever. Right and actually doing some, right and the actually right doing something right. good although he has no idea you know so it's really cool i mean the way they're developing this whole story like i said before we are at a high level so they're gonna have to everything's yeah, gonna think, have to make and I think everything has got good. to make sense from here out it has I, I think it will the big bad who we find out will be will probably be like wow didn't see that right. coming you know and, and and i generally believe that because terry's doing such a good job but um mm -hmm. you know finishing off there the, the very kind of last part is uh, Ro, Ro Laren's uh, earring, uh, surprise, surprise, was also a data chip. Uh, and it had a whole investigation and, on it. And who figured that one out? You tell Riker. Me. Oh, Riker, Picard yeah, he did, has, he did, he did, yeah. Picard, Picard and Riker are talking, and he's going like, she left me her earring, and I'm not exactly sure why. And immediately Riker goes, I know what this is. And he just puts it down, and all of a sudden it links up to the computer, and up comes all the stuff that Roe was working lot, on. So much. She, she died literally in oh, this yeah. first investigation. He gets exactly. everything there. And it's, uh, I mean, it's loaded with stuff. I mean, but, just all over the place. But we then, we then get a communication coming through, and I think that must be triggered by this thing turning on, this uh, earring turning on. And who's on the other side, Gray? Our good pals back properly? Worf! Yay! Now it's a good thing Worf popped up because if Rafi popped good thing, up, it's a good I, thing to die. If well, no, what I'm saying, no. <laughs> but what's good is if Rafi had popped up and not Worf, I would have put a nice yeah. television. No, <laughs> so. Terry won't. Terry won't do that to his mate. Trust me. No, yeah. Um, he's like, oh, uh, uh, Admiral, Captain. Uh, he get he just remembers rank. Gets he's on totally up. like. I, I, I thought this scene was probably the most brilliant in the entire episode because it was such a. a perfect way to bring Worf back into the TNG family because Worf was totally like what the heck and all of a sudden he's seeing his old captain and his and and, and Riker and like and like why are you what are you doing on the end of this yeah you know and stuff and at the same time at the same time they all have to go through the pain and shock of the fact that Roe's gone uh because Worf's going what happened to Commander Roe and it was just like silence you know, and stuff. So it was a really, really good scene that, that was really well crafted on how to bring Worf back in and we'll, the main picture. And we'll touch on that in a moment as well, actually. Um, in a pre prequel or preview quickly of, of, of next mm -hmm. week. Um, we both agreed that was an excellent scene, get Worf back in again. So yep. next episode, he's going to be with us in person, which is great. At this stage, Jack's at the very very end, Jack's opened up to his mum, uh, kind of emotional, crying, sad. He's Basically, he's like, Weberly, Beverly mentions the whole thing about how did you take out all these guys? She like, doesn't, wow, and she doesn't believe it. You know yeah. she didn't. Right. Like, something's up. Like, it's, mother, yeah. it's motherly instinct, and because she's a doctor as well, she's not a stupid woman. Um, you know, something. He's like, basically, mum, something's deeply up with me. And uh, my reaction, no shit, Sherlock. That's all, and I leave it there, literally. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're messed up, exactly. my man. <laughs> you, need, look, you, he you, says... need, you need a counsellor. As soon not? as you see that, you're just calling like you think. <laughs> you, you need <laughs> a counselor. Get Troy on board. Um, <laughs> oh so wait! Yeah. Oh, see, you just brought come, it up. She will come back. <laughs> you see her the, the darkness thing. So she will. <laughs> the whole idea is the TNG guys will all be back together for at least one episode together, if not two. Um, but I, as much as I'd love to see them do it from the start, he's teased it so nicely along that it'll be satisfying mm -hmm. when it gets to that episode two where they're all together in the same room. So um, okay. no issues there. Uh, wrapping up, I gave that an 8 out of 10. Uh, I really enjoyed the subterfuge and seeing Roe Laren again. Excellent. What about you, Gray? Uh, I gave it slightly better, 9, nine out of 10. Pro probably would push it to 9 for me with seeing Roe. Uh, but also, I think that they're just they're on a real good roll right now, like we just mentioned before. 
and we're, and the riding is at the at the top end of the scale. So if they can continue to ride this wave, then it's going to end up being excellent. You know, at, at the same time, we're we all keep our fingers crossed because you when you're that high and you're riding the wave, don't mess it up, man. Yeah. Don't mess it up. Keep it don't. at the same level. If you can't go high, right. just keep it at the same level. And yeah, because um, one thing you don't want to do is all of a sudden see something and just go like, what? Was that the reason? You don't want to be doing that. No, you don't. You don't. You don't want to do that. Um, nope. Now, what we'll quickly do, I'll ask Mister Gray um, while I go and grab a cheeky uh, can from the fridge um, to <laughs> talk really briefly about. We might do this where possible, actually, at the very end, just spend a few minutes talking about next week's episode teaser clip that they they often put out after the previous episode. Uh, of what was in it, Gray, and why we know Worf will be with us in the next episode back in 2-6. Sure. Uh, basically, and what I think is really interesting is we don't usually see teaser scenes, generally speaking, on Star Trek shows for the next episode. You might you, Sometimes you see it at the end of the previous. So this is kind of interesting. So all of a sudden we see them all in the same room together, and you're talking about Riker, Picard, Seven, now Worf's there, now Rafi, unfortunately, but that's okay. Um, and she's in she's in there, so now they're all talking about like, really. what are we going to do? And we've already and we've already been privy to some of the information that Picard is not about Daystrom Institute and what's going on. Yeah. So now Worf Worf in this clip, which is really great, is basically telling uh, Riker and uh, Picard like this is what we know, and that you know this was just subterfuge, and they actually stole something that's uh, more powerful. Now the funny thing is, is all along. We keep getting fed about this more powerful, more powerful, more powerful, whatever they took. But nobody knows yet still what the hell this thing is. Yes. Um, so we're really building up to the point where we're going to do it. So they're talking over their plans on how they're going to invade uh, the Daystrom Institute to find out you know, what's going on. And that was basically the clip for the minute. But just that one minute clip was brilliant. So yeah, I'm sitting there going like, yeah, I can't wait for this one. Oh yeah, 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 and it's, it's... And by, and just a little side note, especially for you, Trev, um, and you may or may not know this, but the whole Daystrom Institute, the name Daystrom, is is canon to Star Trek in many, many, many ways. It's always been brought up. The actual guy, Daystrom himself, was in the TOS episode Ultimate Computer, which I keep on telling you to watch. And if you watch that old episode, you will see the man that actually is the guy that started and is the actual Mr. Daystrom himself. They named the station after him. And the so you, might, you, you, might, you might want to take a look at, this is the brilliant genius, Daystrom himself, and you might want to check that episode out. It's one of the best episodes yeah. of the, the original series. But that is the man. The man you're going to see in the episode is Daystrom. Uh, the, the Daystrom Institute or uh, station has changed a lot as well over the years because sure. it was on Earth at one point. It's been in space. It's looked different. This looks like some Complex. massive, cool, yeah. futuristic ass. And we have a theory that, like Gray, Gray mentioned, that the, or maybe we mentioned off air, that the AI that's in charge of this, because this place is a fortress, it's Fort Knox in space, um, right. that they, it's AI that controls it. And I'm thinking, as soon as he said that, I'm thinking controls back from Discovery. I'm like, oh, no. But no, it's not them. It's no. uh, probably going to be Lore or more likely Moriarty, or maybe it's both. Right. They both run it because we do see users of both. And I like to be explained why, how they came about, because Starfleet would not use two AIs that are rogue, that are bad, unless the big bad well, put them in charge because the big bad have taken over Starfleet. So they might have. Right, right. Now, also, the other thing is that Daystrom, like they said, works on the fringes. Of Starfleet, they they come up with things that even Starfleet isn't completely aware of what's going on. So they're their special ops secret, whatever. Yeah. Um. So that's one one of the reasons right there. Plus, there was a mention. It was either this episode or the prior episode where they said that the AI that controls or is in charge or controls whatever the functions of the Daystrom Institute, they said was a rather odd AI, something that they that they hadn't. That this particular person, I forget who it was, hasn't oh, yeah. encountered before. We see it in so as soon as I started though. hearing that, and you know it's Moriarty. We saw it in the teaser more. trailer ages ago, didn't we, Greg? Right. We saw that, and we we're kind of white, kind of looking room, like computers yeah. and stuff. And then you see Moriarty, and he's like, uh "Oh, you're in yep. his world now." <laughs> so one or the other, it can only be Moriarty or Lore, more likely Moriarty. Um, but Lore is part of this, so Lore could be. Hey, look, Lore could be the big bad. 
You don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe Laura was that, that floating head that was talking to Vatic. I would be okay with that. If they do it well, you know, I guess why not? Yeah. Get the changes inside. That's pretty pretty smart. Um good thing is that the way the writing's going, it it's nice because it keeps fans like uh Trevor and I guessing and we're always come trying to figure out if we can outthink what the writer's gonna come up with. You're not you're not outthinking them, so Right. Yeah. Now and generally and with lousy writers, which Trek has had, it, you know, and stuff, you don't you don't really care. I mean, basically, you don't. You're too busy pun- punching holes in stories that are awful that you don't even care. But this is different. And we pun- is, we punched a like. lot. You oh, yeah. Gaping holes on dumb stuff. So, um, but, you know, anyway. not, not this time. Not this time. So. Not this time. Um, anyway, we're halfway through, so we'll be back next week for next, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for coming along and just let us know in the comments below what you like or don't like. And uh, until next time, your, your thing, I guess, Cray. Cheers. See you later, no guys. Longer prosper, everybody. Bye. Bye.